Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Week 7, Stag in the Box. Thank you for joining us. My name is Mark Carmen. He's Matt Verderam. You know that, and we welcome you. As we edge towards the midway point of COVID 19 2020, Matt Verderam, your Chiefs did it differently getting by the Buffalo Bills on the ground, on the ground, on the ground. And that was what Buffalo was trying to somehow make the Chiefs do, but they did more than enough. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who's been on this podcast, he, uh, he was phenomenal and really wasn't touched a whole lot. So it's a win for the Chiefs. And maybe the Bills are looking in the mirror right now thinking, eh, we're probably not on the level of the best teams in the NFL. But I didn't think anybody really thought they were there. And now I think we have proof from the last two weeks. Where do you go on this? Well, listen, I I think Kansas City played about as well on the ground as it has ever played in my lifetime. I'm not even exaggerating. That was maybe other than like a couple of years there with Jamal Charles. That was pretty good tour de force. Um, I thought Buffalo was smart in the game. They basically said, you know what? You're going to have to beat us running the ball. And the Chiefs did it. But if you're the Bills, like that's what you want them to have to do. If you're anyone in the league, that's what you want them to have to do. And, you know, okay, give Kansas City props. They were able to run for 245 yards. Edwards Alaire was ridiculous. Uh, Mahomes made a couple of huge throws when he had to. The Bills, my bigger concern for Buffalo is defensively, they just can't get off the field. And that's not just a Kansas City problem. That's an all-year-long problem. They just cannot get off the field. They were 30th in, on third down coming into the game. They're 23rd against the run. They, they I believe, are bottom five in, in pressure rate. They just don't do much well defensively. And I thought the Chiefs, despite having musical chairs on the offensive line, really ran them over. So, you know, ultimately, a, a very good performance by a great team. 
and they beat a, a, I think a good team that had an average performance. And that, you know, that was the difference. Ran the ball. The chiefs did more than they threw it for only the second time in Patrick Mahomes, 37 career starts, by the way, uh, Chiefs 46 rushes tied for the most attempts by any Andy Reid coach team. That's regular season or postseason credit to you, ESPN stats and info. Um, and just a huge flip from what went on against the Raiders when you th- dropped back 46 times and Edwards Alaire and the Chiefs uh, running the ball did it 11 times. So, and I love this stat, Matt. The Chiefs blocked uh to the point that 197 of the rushing yards came before the ball carrier was touched so you yeah. Matt Verderam could have rushed for I, I think at least let's cut it in half I think you yeah I, I think you could got it in, so I'm gonna give you 48 yards buddy okay I'll take it over under 50 we'll take the under <laughs> um listen it was it was an impressive game I'll be honest I was surprised in the sense that Mitchell Schwartz leaves early in the game. He had a back injury. They didn't know if he could play anyway. He tried to fight through it. He couldn't. He just couldn't get loose. They take him out of the game. Nick Allegretti comes in, who, by the way, I met his brother on the plane ride home from uh, Miami from the Super Bowl. Great guy. Great family. Uh, but Allegretti was, was fantastic at guard for them. Really his first extended action ever in the NFL. Kilgore came in. He had played with the Dolphins and Irons before as a starter. First action as a chief. He was terrific. I think the best thing comes out of that game through the Chiefs is you found some help on the offensive line because their problem all year has been on the interior outside of Coletio Assembly. Well, Assembly's now gone. Allegretti comes in, looks great. Kilgore comes in, plays – has uh, the best game they've had at center all year long. Austin Ryder has been average at best. They, they upgrade there. Now, is it a one-game thing? We're going to find out. But I, I'm sure the Chiefs are going to try – to see if they have success with this going forward. And also, let's just say this too. The Chiefs offensive line was very good. The Bills were dropping seven guys the second the ball was snapped. So the Chiefs essentially were running a five-on-four, six-on-four power play every time they ran the football. They got it done. They moved them off. And now Denver, who plays the Chiefs next, we'll talk about that game a little later, Denver's got to make a decision after watching the film. Are they going to play the same way, or are they going to do something different? And that's that's the ripple effect of what the Chiefs did on Monday afternoon. So if you're Buffalo, by the way, you've got a gimme game with the Jets to get yourself back rolling. Your free parking game. Right. And then you've got New England coming up where you can – you win that game, you feel very good about your position in life, and I think you got to be confident you are going to win that game. And also, look, the Chiefs are basically everyone's favorite to win the Super Bowl or at least be there, and winning it's a more accurate statement. And the Bills, they – had what everyone underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app draft your team and that's it and if drafts aren't your thing they also have a pick em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night use promo code radio and underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash deposit $100 get $100 free that's promo code radio terms and conditions apply thought was a fumble after they came within yeah. one score right and they rule edwards knee was down and then you get a 37 yard pass to byron pringle they end up kicking a field goal and stealing the game but i mean buffalo's right there late in the football game against the chiefs I, at some level you got to feel decent about that yeah you know it's weird because you're right but at the same point like the bills were dominated in that game i mean the chiefs outgained them something like 470 to 206 and it, 
it was weird because the Bills really had no business even being in that game, but they were. And you're right. Like with five minutes left, Edwards Alaire fumbles that ball. Now he was down. It was a correct call. He was clearly on the ground. Sure. But, but yeah, I mean, in real time, when he when I thought he had fumbled the ball, I was like, wow, this is going to come down to the Chiefs probably having to drive down the field and, and you know kick it through. And the way Butker's been the last month of the season, I don't know how confident I would have been in that. Um, but uh, to me, the biggest difference in the game, other than the obvious, which of course is the is the running, you know, the game of the, of the Chiefs on Monday, but Mahomes made a couple of big plays when he had to, and Allen just didn't really didn't make any plays. Yeah, I mean, he he had a, his touchdown throw was the best play he made all game. Really nice throw to Diggs, fitted it on the sideline. That was more about that was a good throw, but it was a great play, a great by, play Diggs. by Diggs. It was. But, you know, there were just some throws in that game. That, like, they were misses. Allen just got ahead of them. Now, they weren't even easy necessarily, but they were misses. And Mahomes on a couple of big plays, and you referenced the biggest one, the one to Pringle on third and 12 late. And, like, that's that's the difference. Like, let's be real. That's the difference in the game at the end. If Mahomes doesn't make that play, they might lose. Well, he does make it because he's him, and they win. That's why he's worth half a billion. All right, uh, let's move on to the Steelers and the Titans, which is going to be an awesome matchup this week. Both of them coming in five and zero. Derrick Henry just went bananas uh, last week against the Texans, and uh, I mean nine point six yards per carry. Nine point six. It's like high school football right there. Ninety-four yard touchdown to help you there. That's true. Not bad. Not a bad average. (laughs) But let me just give you this this note on on Henry along those lines. Uh, Derrick Henry is in company with Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, LaDainian Tomlinson. By the way, those three are all in the Hall of Fame. Not bad. The, on- the only players to reach at least 200 yards, score two touchdowns in a game three times. And by the way, the Titans uh, had over 600 yards against the Texans, 601 to be exact. But that's, uh, that's, that's pretty elite company for Mr. Henry in a non-running era, by the way. He's not bad. Uh, he's pretty good. And by the way, he just as a fun fact, I actually meant to just bring this up. Derrick Henry leads the league in rushing yardage. He's got 588 yards through five games. You want to take a guess at who's second? Uh, that, that's Edward Solaire. He's got to be. Yeah. Close. Yeah. So that amazed me, honestly, because yeah. like it feels like since week one, like they've barely given him the football, but he actually is third in carries. And he's second in yards. But anyway, the point being about Henry, um, listen, they're an old school team. They they get off the bus angry. And they line up and they maul you to death. And then they'll play action and they'll hit Jonu Smith and A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and Adam Humphrey. And Tannehill's been terrific. And that's that's the key here. You can't just stack eight guys in the box. You can't do it. Because they have a, they have a passing game. So, look, Henry is the engine. There's no question. Okay, without him, none of this works. But because of Tannehill and his ability to hit you off uh, a big play on the play action, it changes things. So, Tennessee is a problem. Tennessee's a good thing. Do I, do I think Tennessee's got the same ceiling as a Kansas City, as a Pittsburgh? I don't know. I, I tend to say no, but I think they're a, a legitimate like they're going to win 11 some odd game. They're going to be tough. They're going to be hard to deal with. And at five and zero in a division that's not all that difficult, you've got to think they're well on their way to having a very nice season. 
as we give the key to Steelers, Titans, or take a stab at it, which is what we're doing here. But uh, look, you've got two huge injuries coming into this game. The the Titans yeah. are missing their left tackle and Taylor Luan, and the Steelers are missing Devin Bush. So, and Pittsburgh, by the way, has been phenomenal against the run, giving up sixty six yards again at second in the end, the second in the league. So. I mean, who's going to win that battle, and, and how do the Titans run the football without Luan? I mean, that, to me, that's how this one's going to go. I agree, and both guys, unfortunately, after the year, torn ACLs each. So devastating blows for both sides because Luan is, is the tone setter up front for them. Uh, I mean, Luan has been arguably a top three right tackle pretty much since he's coming to the league, um, and, and, and Bush is the middle of that, that defense, the heart and soul. So that's, they're huge losses. I will say this. Now, the game's in Nashville, so the Titans deserve their respect. They are a two-point dog in this game, which we'll, we'll get to. Um, I do like Pittsburgh, though, for one reason. Great defense typically beats great offense, even in today's day and age. You can't run on them. You just cannot run on them. And I, I just – my fear for Tennessee in this game is they're, they're going to get in a lot of second and longs and third and longs. And nobody cares about play action at that point. And Pittsburgh's just going to be teeing off. And without Lawan, I don't know that Tennessee can hold them off. Because t- Tennessee's only given up five sacks all year, the least in football. But without him, and if you're obviously in run, excuse me, if you're obviously in passing downs, that kind of goes out the window a little bit. So I like Pittsburgh, but I, I, I long-term really like the Titans. I think the Titans are very good. I just think this is a hard matchup for Tennessee. Yeah, if I mean, if I had to roll the dice and making a bet for the Carm wallet, we can get to that down the line here. But I, I guess at the end of the day, I don't know. I, I take the Titans, man. Let's let's okay. let's roll. Let's let's roll. You're at home. Fans are loving loving NFL life in uh, in the state of Tennessee. Why not? Why not? Let's let's have another huge day with with Derek. And let's have a big day as you're outlining for Ryan Tannehill balancing it out. And Mike Vrabel, will ha- he'll have another scheme moment where he takes advantage of something that Pittsburgh's doing. Maybe he'll send 12 guys on the field again. I don't know. Um, and I've got great respect, obviously, like everybody does for Mike Tomlin. But I'll, I'll take Tennessee. I'll roll with the Titans. What about Sunday night? I think everyone's excited for a little Brady versus the Raiders. Um, this is a huge chance for, I guess, the Raiders to get even – more respect around the league. Everyone's going to be watching, but uh, I don't know what they're doing against that Bucks defense. I mean, that that it's not Brady, you know, just doing the deal over here. Jason Pierre-Paul is crushing it. So is Shaq Barrett and Dominic and Sue is still getting this. I mean, the Bucks linebackers are legit. I, I don't know how that offense looks against Tampa Bay. I think the Raiders, if they somehow win this game, you got to give them a lot of credit and you got to start giving them a lot of respect because that would be the Saints, the Bucks, and the Chiefs. Like how many teams are going to have that resume all year long? Not many. So you'd have to really start looking at the Raiders differently. My concern with, with Vegas in this game is that Derek Carr does not play well under pressure. They are going to get pressure. Like, come hell or high water, Todd Bowles is getting pressure in this game. Now, whether that's blitzing, rushing for whatever, they're going to hit him. And I thought that was the reason the Chiefs lost a week ago was because they didn't hit him. They didn't get pressure on him. And, you know, give the Raiders credit. They blocked it up and they hit some big plays. I don't know that that will be there against Tampa. 
The only thing I'll say for the Raiders, though, that is interesting, the Buccaneers have been somewhat Jekyll and Hyde this year. They either play true. really well or they look like bumbling stooges at times. Like they are either completely on point and they're dominant and everything's great or they kind of look like crap. And there's really not been any in between. I do think the Bucs win. I just think they're better. Uh, and it's not a great matchup for that Raiders offense. But would I be shocked if, if Vegas was able to find a way? I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. Well, just to underline your point on the amount of pressure that is going to be uh, lurking around Derek Carr all game long, uh, the Raiders have the, mo- the second most sacks in the league at 22. They blitzed Rodgers 17 times last week. So, you know, this is this is what they do. And I would think they'd maybe even do more of it against Derek Carr, can, you know, considering right. how he's not loving life in that situation. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I think you got to like Tampa here. But to your point, too, it's like you lost to the Bears. Now, granted, it was on a Thursday night short week and all that. And then you just smoke an undefeated Green Bay team. So, who knows who's going to show up Sunday night? Yeah. No, it, it's it's all fair, and it's a big game. It's a the, the teams like the Buccaneers right now, they're going to make the playoffs. But you're trying to get the one seed. You're trying to you're trying to get that buy. That is the one thing that I do like about. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Doctor Rick, but what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually. Because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. This new playoff format is, man, you are in a race and a half to try to get to that number one seed. Every game matters. Now, you know, you could sit there and say, well, you always wanted to be the one seed. Yeah, but the two seed was a nice consolation prize. You also got a buy. You also got a home game. You know, whatever. Sure. You you now like like I know watching the Chiefs Bills game as, as a Kansas City fan. I'm sitting there going, they got to win, like, they got to win this game. Like all right, they're they're going to win the division regardless, but they got to win. Like Pittsburgh's five and zero, Tennessee's five and zero, Baltimore's five and one. Like and the same holds true with Tampa. And for the Raiders, it's not a must win. And they're three and two. They're going to be in the mix for a wild card spot. But if you win this game, you're in business. You're really in business for a playoff spot. Let's go into the future. As uh, you just basically teeing up that literally everybody in the NFL thinks they're in playoff contention with seven teams coming out this year. The it's Jets like, don't. <laughs> that's true. The New the New York Jets do not. And and our Adam Gase or my Adam Gase prediction from Sunday night that he'd be fired on Monday proved to be incorrect. Uh, but let's look at the Niners and the Pats, uh, who are of course playing each other this week in uh, in what we're wondering is a must win game. You put this on here, Matt Verderam must win situation. I tend to, I didn't major in mathematics at the university of Iowa, but I, I have taken some math in my life. So I struggle with saying must wins, but if you want to make a case, that it's a must win. I'd like to hear it. So first of all, you talk about university of Iowa. I learned something yesterday when I was watching your show sport and order, <laughs> which is fantastic, by the way, you should watch it on Twitter every uh, four o'clock central every, uh, every Monday. You graduated with a degree in psychology? I did. That's correct. They you, gave you that degree? So, I mean, pretty much, yes. I, I would say it was a gift because, you know, I, I did not start out my career at Iowa firing on all cylinders. Maybe too many 
cylindrical cylinders, if you will. And you bush uh, lights, that'll do it. Yeah, well, it wasn't the bush lights, but more the um, the uh, the smoking situation was was definitely in play back in the day. Nothing sure. wrong with that, by the way. Congrat, you know, it's legal now. But <laughs> it so anyway, and and it wasn't even in that. It was more, you know, I just like to play a lot of basketball and not study. Um, but so I, you know, I, I put myself on ac- academic probation early. I had to get off of that, but it's a still a long climb to get into the business school. Couldn't quite get there. And then it's a, it's still a climb to get into the communication school. Couldn't get there. Liberal arts. It is baby. Let's go psychology. Since you brought it up, Verderam. Oh, I bring it up because you brought up yesterday and I just, <laughs> I, I saw that and our coworker, Ashley Young, her face, when you said psychology, I, I must've watched the video five times, busted out laughing each time. <laughs> her, her face contorted in a way that I didn't know it was humanly possible. Um, but okay. So we'll leave that alone. Listen, I, I graduated with a communications degree and, and the Dean of, of the school, when he handed me his, my diploma, literally looked at me like, wow, really? You did it. That's right. <laughs> um, so, okay. I do think it's a must win for New England. Here's why they're two and three. They're coming off a horrible loss to Denver. They're at home in this game. Again, 425 game. If you care. Um, I think, I think New England needs this game. Like you fall to two and four and then you're playing Buffalo you're on the ropes big time. And I know there's seven teams in the AFC, but look, let's look at the conference. Tennessee's getting in. Buffalo, I know, has lost two straight. The Bills are going to make the playoffs. I'd be shocked if they don't. Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers. The Colts, I, I think, are a playoff team. They're probably going to win nine games. Like that, That's probably good enough. Cleveland's four and two. The Raiders are there. Like, you don't want to fall too far behind. And the Dolphins, by the way, not half bad, although they go with two, which we'll hit on in a little bit. Um, I don't think it's a must win for the Niners. I do think it's an important game. It would be a big win. They have a hard schedule coming up. Uh, but I, I can't say at New England is a must win for them. But it would be a big boost. See, I, look, when you when you tee up where the Patriots are at and not wanting to fall to two and four, but you still, you know, you still have uh you know, you you haven't played Buffalo yet. So there's that. Uh, so you could, in theory, recover, right? But yes. So I, I have a hard time saying it's a must-win. But I'll tell you this much: if they go to two and four, there will be straight panic in 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 New England all over the place. They'll I what what whatever the level of optimism that is uh, lurking around the the Patriots right now, which isn't much, will be completely gone. So and the Niners, that division. It ain't getting any easier going around here. So, I mean, I, you, I think if you're going by that logic, it's, it's probably a must win for both teams. Cause I mean, San Francisco, where, where, where are you going? If you lose this game and it's, I mean, you're going to have to have, you got Seattle next, then you got green Bay, then you got the saints. I mean, you know, I think you had, it's, it's tough. Start. Look, the Niners biggest problem right now is their first half schedule is much easier than their second half. And, uh, yeah, it's getting late early if they lose this game. I, I don't know that I think it's a must win for them, but I do think it's an important game and it's a big opportunity. All right, so let's go. Who's pulling the biggest upset of the weekend as you – are you? I, is today the day you're taking the Jets here for a round? Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Um, Interesting options out there right now. There's a there's There are. A, yeah, but go Correct ahead. Correct me. I'm, I am uh, – I'm going to go with the Bengals. In this, you know what? I'm going Cincy. Three point three point underdog at home to Cleveland. Man, I will say that obviously, look, you're picking an upset. You're you're maybe just kind of taking a little bit of a stab here. Okay, the Browns are favored for a reason. But Baker is hurt and he played hurt. 
on Sunday. You looked awful. You got beat up more. The Browns defensively don't scare anybody. Garrett's great. The rest of that defense outside Denzel Ward is nothing to write home about. And the Bengals have been in every game this year, save for their loss to the Ravens. Every game. They've been right there. So I, I love what Burrow's doing. They played the Browns earlier in the year. They played them reasonably well on the road on a short week. I think the Bengals are going to win this game. I think Cincinnati's going to win this game. I just do not trust Cleveland. If Cleveland can't run the ball like crazy, they have all kinds of problems. I, I like Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's building something there with Burrow. I like Zach Taylor a lot. I, I always have. I think, I think they find a way to get it done. So I love your pick, by the way, but I, I'm not going to do the same thing. Uh, you have discussed, we have discussed the Seattle Seahawks and their inability to stop anyone. I almost went this way. So <laughs> why can't we have the Cardinals? Um, why can't we just have a huge day with uh, Kyler Murray here? Cardinals have allowed a ton of trips to the red zone, uh, but they haven't given up a ton of touchdowns. They got, so there's maybe they can keep Russell Wilson out of the end zone. They've been teams have been down there 24 times against Arizona, but only 10 times they've gotten in second best red zone defense in the league for the Ram. Uh, they've also, Arizona's also love the fewest total air yards, 542. So maybe that Cardinals defense is just good enough. And maybe they get, a, maybe they get a couple turnovers here. So there we go. I like it. I like it. I can see that. I can definitely see it. the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been weird this year. They played some games that have looked great, and they played some games that have been awful, which is kind of the sign of a young team finding its way. But I, I can see it. Look, at some point, Seattle's going to lose a game, and this could definitely be it. Let's go, Cards. Uh, I, I was slightly tempted. I, I was debating that. Can, are the Chiefs relaxing, and, and all of a sudden Denver's coming in? But then I, I just couldn't do it. I. I, I I, I, think, I, I think losing to the Raiders <laughs> is not great for Denver. I, I, I couldn't come up with any credible argument. I wanted to pick I, – like, I look for a letdown game and maybe Kansas City feeling a little bit now after a win over Buffalo. And, yes, we can do anything. We're the Chiefs, and it's a long year in the middle of the COVID team. We, you, there's always weird games every single week, but I, yes. I, couldn't, I couldn't find a credible Denver argument. All right, uh, let's go to who is the favorite in the NFC East, which is uh, a revolving topic. That division sucks so bad. It, it, I mean, we're going to touch on what I'm about to say here. I, should any team get in? But we will don't answer that because we're going to get to it in a little bit here. I will stick with Philadelphia. If for no other reason, Wentz has played better the last couple games and they've played a lot of their hardest games already. They went to San Francisco. They played Baltimore. They played Pittsburgh. So they have gotten a lot of those games out of the way. They still have the, the Redskins. The Redskins. They, have the, they have the Washington football team at home. They've got the Giants twice. I mean, and I just – Dallas is such a catastrophe of a football team right now. And now they're sniping it at the coaches behind closed doors, Jane Slater who's a, an excellent reporter, also a friend. I mean, she, she's out there, uh, you know, putting out things that Cowboys players basically saying the coaches are not doing their job, which is interesting, and I believe it, but the Cowboys players are not doing their jobs. I mean, there was – DeAndre Hopkins just had a 60-yard completion. Jalen Smith, literally, if you watch the replay, is just like half-speed jogging behind him. Like it, It's unbelievable. Like, 
you or I could have given a better effort. It was insane. I'm not even saying he would have caught him, but like he didn't even try. He was just like, ah, it's all right. So I'll say Philly, but I don't feel great about it. It could be any of these teams. Yeah, so I'll take I'll take that Washington football team. All right. I mean, I, I can't kill it. I mean, it could happen. I, look, they beat the Eagles, so they've got that in their back pocket. That's one. Uh, get to see them again. Now, losing to New York ain't great. <laughs> no, it is not. That that is that is rough. Uh, but look, they got the Cowboys this week. They get the Giants again. I'm I'm betting on Chico, man. I, I'm I'm betting on Ron Rivera. That's that's my and okay. I mean Kyle Allen. You weren't uh, anything exciting, but you had a couple of moments there. I don't know. You're going to go back to Dwayne. It's an it's an impossible argument to figure out to make it like and, and feel confident in that division. But I will I'll, I'll I'll go with Washington. You you let's 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 beat the Eagles twice, and uh, yeah, here come here here come here comes Ron Rivera and company. Okay. I, I can, is that on the record? Do we worry? Is this on the podcast? Are we still talking? Did I really just pick the Washington football team to win a conference, yeah, you did. win a division? You did. See what you did? Uh, hey, well, well, it's if, if at the end of the year, I looked out, we can pull it. If I look brilliant. All right, let's go to new Orleans. Do you think the saints come out of the bye? a different team did perhaps found a youth for Drew Brees in the last uh, week or so. Well, they're going to have to. I do think they'll come out better because I'll have Michael Thomas and they've had some time to course correct and self-scout, but I think Brees is just on a downward trajectory. I don't think they're fixing that. Like, he's he's 41. And the last couple of years, he's slowly been trending downward. I think now it's just more noticeable. I do not think all of a sudden he's just going to completely fall off the cliff and they're going to go six and ten or anything. But I don't think they have the ceiling that they've had the last couple of years. I don't. They're they're not good enough defensively to just carry him. And he, I think, at this juncture is not going to all of a sudden rediscover that he can throw the ball downfield on, on a pinpoint accuracy type of play. So I think he's I think they're going to be better simply because they're getting Michael Thomas back, but I don't think they're going to be elite or anything like that. So I think the one of the things that we've learned early in the season here, and a lot of people were picking New Orleans to come out of the NFC. I don't think anyone is picking this right. I don't think anyone's picking them now. I think no. Matt Verran put his hand up if you're not if you're just listening and not watching the video, which I'm sure ninety nine percent of you are. So uh, I don't think look like they're the Saints are behind the Seahawks, the Bucks the Packers, probably even the Bears, and maybe pick a team out of the NFC West, whoever you like the most. You might yeah. you you might have might have more confidence in any of those teams over where New Orleans is going. So maybe they're maybe it's a good time to buy New Orleans right now because they have maybe been oversold, but they've definitely been sold aggressively and I think probably correctly so. So Yep, I agree. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's make some bets here, Verderam. Got five games for you, and we'll start with the Seahawks and the Cardinals. I already made my bet on on Arizona here. They're getting three and a half. Uh, which way are you going? So, I, I like the Cardinals to cover. I don't know that they win. I don't. I don't dislike that pick, though. Your upset pick. I could see that happening, but I think they'll cover. The only concern I have is Murray sometimes has games where he just like he averages like four yards an attempt. But Seattle is such an atrocity defensively. I'm not that worried about this. I think it's a high-scoring shootout. 
I think it's something like 34, 31, either way. You give me that extra point, that extra half point. I'll take the Cardinals to cover it. All right. We're both on Arizona. The Steelers are a two point favorite at Tennessee. I'm rolling with the Titans. I'm, Derrick Henry is going to run it against that Pittsburgh defense some, and Ryan Tannehill is going to have a day, and, and it's going to, I'm, I'll take the Titans by a field goal. Where do you go? I'll take the Steelers by a field goal. I think it's close. I think they barely cover, and I'll be honest, even though obviously I'm, I'm picking them to cover, I don't like that line. What, why are the Titans not favored in this game? They're undefeated at home. Like, I mean, not, no, I get it. Vegas is essentially just saying they think the Steelers are the better team. Okay, fine. But that means that the Steelers, if they were at home, be an eight-point favorite. It's going to be an eight-point favorite at home against them. Why? So I, I think that's a disrespectful line. And by the way, the future lines are out. The following week, the Titans are at Cincinnati. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Cincinnati. Like, what? So uh, Ve- Vegas, Vegas doesn't, doesn't buy them at all. Vegas, at all. At, right. That's interesting, too, because, you know, Tennessee's had some blowout wins here. I mean, they killed Buffalo. I which that means you don't buy the bills either. Well, they okay. don't. I mean, the chiefs were five, five and a half point favorites going off last night for that game. Right. And well, the bills are four and one at home in a, in a month soon. And the chiefs still are laying five and a half points. And they were right. Um, they were. And I, and I think that, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm assuming they're trying to get, this feels like a trap game too. What I'm getting Tennessee at home and I get two. you would think the money would be on the Titans here. You would. Sharp money on the Steelers, which makes yep. me feel really iffy on my bet here. But I can't change it now. It's on the record, right here on Stack in the Box. That's let's right. look at the, let's look at the Chiefs are a ten point favorite at home with the Broncos. Can Kansas City or can Denver rather keep it remotely close? It's at Denver. I'm, I'm sorry, at Denver. My bad. The game's at Denver. Now the line came out; it was nine and a half. It shot up in some places as high as ten and a half, um, but ten seems to be the average. I think the Chiefs are going to cover this, and I'll, I'll give you a few reasons why real quick. One is they destroyed Denver twice last year. Denver scored, I believe it was nine total points. Um, Drew Locke was, was not good when he played them. That was in the snow at Arrowhead, granted. I don't think the, the Broncos can block the Chiefs, and they haven't run the ball well all year. They're without Cortland Sutton, obviously defensively without Jarrell Casey and Vaughn Miller. I think the Chiefs are going to go at those linebackers all game. And because they lost to the Raiders, I think Andy Reid is going to have the Chiefs very focused on, hey, you cannot let up. You cannot make a mistake and overlook Denver. I think this game is something like 30 to 16. I I think the Chiefs will cover it. What do you think about Drew Locke going up against his uh, hometown team? I think Drew Locke's going to have a tough day. (laughs) They've they've completely (laughs) shut down Josh Allen and – Lamar Jackson, and really, for all intents and purposes, Deshaun Watson. Totally shut him down. I don't think Drew Locke's going to fare any better. How many people know that Tim Patrick is Denver's leading receiver? Not many. And he's been good this year. He's been legitimately good. I just – I think this is one of those games where the Chiefs are going to move the ball pretty effectively. I mean, they always do. And Drew Locke's going to have to pretty much drop back and throw it. And Frank Clark's going against Garrett Bowles. And I just – I could just see this being the type of game where Locke's going to throw 40 times, and that is not a recipe for them to win this game. Denver's defense does keep you – they keep points off the board, and they're only allowing 22 a game, but they don't get any turnovers. And I feel like if they're going to keep this close, they're going to have to get a, 
I don't, some level of fortuitous bounces and uh, and or uh, just straight interceptions, which is unlikely to happen. All right, I'll I'll ride with Kansas City. I, I don't think the Broncos can get this done. Although you know they are coming off a win, so that's you know something yeah. for for Broncos fans too. Two wins, right, two in a row. Uh, all right, Green Bay is a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Houston. The Packers trying to bounce back after getting smoked by the Bucks, 38-10. Houston is probably the, the biggest tough luck loser in the NFL right now. A lot of close games for the Texans who are trying to find their footing. Thoughts? I'm, the, I'm an idiot as a gambler, which is why I, I, I really do not do much of it. Um, why are the Packers only favored by three and a half points in this game? This is uh, my lock. I would I would bet a million dollars if I was if I was of that kind of money that the Packers are going to absolutely clean Houston's clock in this game. Houston can't stop anybody. The Packers are coming off a humiliating loss. They're going to go down to Houston where they're going to play inside on turf. Like I, there is no reason on earth to think that Houston is covering three and a half points. I. If the line was 12 points, I'd pick the Packers to cover it. So it's interesting because it, it, it is so – this is so contrarian to take the Texans. They've got one win, beat Jacksonville. Opposing quarterbacks have a 111-and-a-half passer rating against the Texans' defense. Ryan Tannehill crushed them for four touchdowns, 30 of 41, 364. You're going to take Houston, aren't you? Yep. It's too yeah. weird. It's too freaking – I have no reason for it. But this is just too weird. Outside of the fact that Green Bay looked awful and and, and Rodgers was 16-35 and picked twice. And I, I guess I guess we're banking on it. I, my reasoning is that Deshaun Watts is just going to go nuts. That would be the only way this works. So I guess, man. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I just do not – hey, I'll, I'll happily eat my words if I'm wrong. And I, whatever. I got no dog in the fight. I just do not – I don't see any scenario where other than other than just a bunch of turnovers and weird stuff like that, where the Packers do not blow the doors off Houston in this game. Yeah, which makes me I'm just going to have to take the Texans here. All right. I got Houston plus three and a half. This is going to be now my my biggest game of interest when I'm watching on, on this weekend. Of course. Uh, all right. The Bears, my other big game of interest are at the Rams on Monday night. Rams are a five and a half point favorite. Let me just have a bare moment here, Bert. Yeah, go ahead. So, so I go, I go back and I and I'm, and I'm rewatching the Bears game against Carolina. All right, they get a they get a pick to start the game. They pick off Teddy. They got first and goal at the seven. Now follow yep. me here. First play, they run a weird misdirection pass to Jimmy Graham. That's you're asking a guy who great as a jump ball guy, but certainly has no speed to somehow. Deke his way to the end zone. He ends up getting one yard. There's four Panthers there. All right. Then they, then they run the ball to David Montgomery. He picks up two. It's third and goal at the four. All right. Yep. Graham after the first play leaves the field. Okay. He's played one play. I guess he's tired personnel change. They, they, now he's coming back in for third down. Okay. Jonathan Vilma, by the way, who's on the TV call saying they got bears got to score here. Bears got to score. It's, it's three minutes into the football game. They don't have to get a touchdown, but so now the whistle blows after the play clock runs out, they give the bears a timeout. It looked like it was a delay a game. So they get a delay a game, right? They, they get the timeout. Now the bears remove 
Jimmy Graham from the, they had just sent him in. Now they take him out. Then they get a delay a game. <laughs> it was not great. It was I not mean, great. I saw that and it was not, it was a horrendous, horrendous start for the Bears, other than obviously getting the turnover. I, I, I just, it was unbelievable. Then Carolina ends up taking a timeout. Matt Rule's got his face shield. He's rocking around the field. Nagy comes running on the field. He's screaming with his mask off. That's a fine, by the way. And then Graham's sitting there on the sideline still like, what the hell did I sign with Chicago for? And they throw a touchdown, a miracle touchdown pass to Cole Komet. And to Graham's credit, he's jumping up and down with him on the sidelines, which I thought was a very nice gesture by Jimmy Graham being a good teammate. My point is this. The Bears are so dysfunctional on offense right now that they can't get any worse. Um, you know, they, they somehow got by Carolina. I, 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 this line to me feels like it's, it's a touchdown game, and I, I got to take the Rams here until the Bears prove to me that they have their offense rolling. Okay, well, you said plenty, so I'm not going to get too involved here, but I'm going to actually take the cover. I think the Bears cover because I think the defense is just really good. They are. And, the, and they'll keep they it. Are. I think it'll be one of these games where it's it's just if you're not a Bears or a Rams fan, it's just hard to watch. It's it's just very, very down in the dirt. You know, Donald's gonna be all over the field. Dakeem Hicks will be everywhere. Eddie Jackson will make some plays. Kyle Fuller will will blanket, you know, his side of the field. Um, I think this game's like twenty to seventeen. So I'll I'll and I don't know who wins. I I I would take the Rams because they're at home coming off a loss, but I think it's a cover, and I, I think it's rob- probably going to come down to whoever makes the bigger mistake. If somebody throws up a, a brutal pick, somebody has a strip sack, something like that, I think probably decides the game. Fair enough. All right, let's do in or out. The Dolphins, this is a crazy one by you, Ram. I like it, though. The Dolphins are the best team in the AFC East. Very interesting. The Dolphins announcing, well, there's published reports out there that Tua is going to start at quarterback. I mean, Fitz Magic has been rolling. Magic. He's been fantastic, but yep. hey, it's it's about the future in Miami. I get it. Um, he got in for two plays, had a couple of completions, and I guess we're we feel like two is ready and he's healthy and all of that. Uh, so put two in there. Are they the best team in the AFC East? So I think they have a real case at it right now. Uh, everybody else in the AFC East has a negative point differential. The Dolphins are plus forty-seven. For context, Kansas City's plus forty-eight. Tennessee is plus thirty-eight. So Miami, like, not terrible. Now, look, before we go too far down the rabbit hole, part of that reason is because the Jets are an atrocity and they beat them 24 to nothing, okay? If, if, the, if the Titans or the Chiefs played New York, they, they'd also probably beat them by about 40 points, and so that, that would be skewed. But plus 47 is plus 47. They also went into San Francisco and beat the daylights out of the Niners. So – I do think the Dolphins are interesting. I'm selling on them being the best team right now, partially because I don't know what Tua is going to be. But I like what I see. I do think I, you know, Tua's got to prove it. And the Bills did beat Miami on the road. So that that is a big check in the Bills column. I'll stay with the Bills. But I'll say this, man, and I, I really believe this. If Miami gets something legitimate here in Tua, I think they're going to the playoffs. I do. Wow. I, I think they're going to be a wild card team because I think I think they have a higher ceiling than Cleveland if two is good, and I think they have a higher ceiling than Indianapolis. I, I think the Dolphins are at least interesting and fun, and they have their coach in Flores. So I, I like the direction they're headed. I love their direction. They're not the best team in the AFC East quite yet. I got I got to be out on this, but I and I'm super 
interested in seeing Tua roll here. And then I wonder, like, would the Dolphins hook up Fitzmagic somewhere else if a, if a team needs a quarterback and right? I would. I'd at least, I'd at least take some calls. I'll tell you yeah. right now, if I were the Dolphins, I'd call up every team in the NFC East. Yeah, sure. Every one of them. Hey, thoughts? Any I'd int- call up your team. That'd be an interesting call. I'd call them up right now and we be went- like, hey, we'll take Trubisky and a pick. We'll take Trubisky and a sixth-round pick. And we'll give you Fitzmagic? Yeah. It's not bad. It's actually – that would be – that That I think that the Bears might even consider. I mean, why not? If you're the Dolphins, you get a young guy that maybe you can give a change of scenery to and revive him. If not, who the hell cares? And right. if, if, you're, if you're Chicago, what do you care? He's gone after this year anyway. Sixth round pick, fine. He's uh, Fitzpatrick immediately is better than Falls. Like, I I would that in two seconds if I was Chicago. And I mean, and they they won't think that he's better than Falls, but they might think that at some point Falls is going to get hurt, and they might think they're sure. good enough to win a Super Bowl, and they'd rather have I'll, Fitzpatrick than. I'll give you one other dark horse. I sure. think about it if I was Cleveland. Sure. I Mayfield, mean, Mayfield's been awful. And I don't know that look, and I don't want to overvalue Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick also has some games where he's awful. But sure. I think about it. I think about it. It's it'd be a nice insurance policy for somebody who's thinking that right. they could actually do something and they want to have a little they either A don't believe in their quarterback or worry that they're gonna get hurt. All right, Houston should trade JJ Watt at the deadline. I, I'm gonna be out on this. He's a lifer, should be there, one team guy for his career. I I I respect that, Verderam, so I'd like to see that happen, but maybe it makes sense. Go ahead. I, I do it. And I and I'm all for that, man. I'm all for the loyalty and both on um, you know both sides of the coin. If I'm the Texans, I'm making phone calls. Him, merciless, what can I get? Because that team needs a total reboot and they don't have a first or second round pick this year. Like you gotta get picks. You gotta do something. And he's your most tradable asset, and he's got a contract you can move. Now, what would you get for him? I don't know. I don't know. It depends on how many teams are interested. He's, you know, he's a he's a great player. He's he's on the older side. Could you get a second round pick? I think you probably could. I think you probably could. And if, if you're a team that really could use help up front, like now, now Seattle's weird because I don't know that Houston would do it because it's such a late second round pick. But if you're Seattle, would you do it? I mean, they they need help, right? Like they, they need help. They're trying to win a Super Bowl. I think it, about it. Yeah, and by the way, you'd also be doing J.J. Watt a favor. What? Yeah, get him on a team that can win, man. I, I, get, I get, get him somewhere else. I get to go to Seattle and try to compete for a Super Bowl. I love you, Houston. I'll, you'll always be number one in my heart and all that, but I'm really appreciative that you just dumped me in, in, a, in, a, in a great circumstance. Like, if you're the Bills, sure. I mean, right? Like, there's a lot of contenders he, out there who could you know, the Raiders – like JJ Watt would look a hell of a lot better in silver and black right now than he would in Houston. He'd look great in silver and black. There's not, uh, there would not be a lack of teams interested if the Texans wanted to be aggressive, and they probably right. get a, they right. probably get a bunch back. Uh, yeah. It's we we just talked about this, but just to to stamp it on in or out, Washington should trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Are you saying they're the team that should do it? I, I do this on there. We'll be real brief since we already talked about it. Um, I, I'm in because I think Washington could win the division, and you already picked them. Uh, I look, I don't think they want to go to Alex Smith. I don't know how much they believe in his ability to, you know, stay healthy and play all these games. I, mean, I, I don't want to speak for them. I'm not saying that like with any insider information, it's just my opinion. Um, 
if you're Washington, you got Fitzpatrick, who's the best team in the division. Like you can play defense. You have McLaurin. You know, I, I would at least give it a shot. What the hell? I mean, you've already given up on Haskins. Kyle Allen sucks. Like I, I think about it. Trying to think the best spot for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Patrick, right now. I think it's your team, but I don't think they'll do it. They wouldn't. The, the Bears would, no chance. They, 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 they would not have the... Because the optics of it. But it's right. I mean, but I, I, I'll tell you right now, I, I think the Bears would be really interesting with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Conversation to have. Um, all right, teams. Uh, I'm. I'm. I guess I'm in on the Redskins uh, on Washington's football team. Wow, we're we're doing that a lot. Um, it's it's hard, man. They've been I, the same team for like seventy years. You're right. We're, it's going to happen. Um, but I guess I'm in with you. Sure, why not? Let's let's make it interesting. Let's let's win a division. Let's 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 hold it. Anything's possible. Let's get Ron Rivera's defense to the next level. And who knows? Maybe you win a playoff game. I'm, now I've just gone completely crazy. Speaking of that, this would be a team below 500 making the playoffs. Should should you be disqualified? The way you wrote it, teams below 500 should never make the playoffs. In or out? I'm in a thousand percent on this. Like, look, it's one thing if. The conference has not enough teams for some reason, which would be really odd, and I don't think it's ever happened. Uh, I shouldn't say it's never happened. Maybe it's happened once or twice. But, I mean, if the conference doesn't have enough teams over 500 that you got to go, you know, the seven seed is seven to nine. All right, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Why in God's name is a team from the NFC going to make playoffs this year? Who wants to see this crap? I mean, really? Who in, who the hell, other than other than TV execs, who are going to get a big market out of it. Who wants to see Dallas or Philly or Washington or even the Giants? These teams are abominable. And whoever it is is going to be the four seed, and they're going to get some team. They're probably going to get either Tampa or New Orleans and get absolutely blasted to the hilt out of the play. Like, I don't want to see that. I, I, I have no interest. Wouldn't you rather, like, imagine, imagine if you are the Rams or the Cardinals. And you go ten and six and don't make the playoffs because some bullshit ass team from the NFC sucks. Sucks. I mean, it's crap. It's ridiculous. I can even live with eight and eight, man. You get below that, you have no business being in the playoffs. None. And and the NFC, it is Carmen. All, all kidding aside, it's the worst division I've ever seen in my life. They should annex the NFC East in the in the COVID twenty twenty year. I agree. Like, look, hey, you guys. We really appreciate your effort and keep playing games because we want to make the money and we need the TV ratings and all that. And I know you guys want to get paid, uh, and, but and you know what we're going to do for y'all? We're going to have we're going to have an NFC East tournament at the end of the year. We'll take the and one everyone loses, and and yeah, well, we're not going to play. We'll just take the top two teams and we'll crown a a champion of the East for 2020, just for uh, shits and giggles. That's my plan for the East. All right, let's wrap it up here, Vertoram. What's going on over there? Something about a zombie and a Miley Cyrus, and uh, and and you're you're now listening to music, which is kind of amazing. Right. I'm not okay. So I am not a big like 
I don't listen to top 40 and not that I have anything against it. I just don't really, I, I typically will, you know, listen to whatever's long been on the iPhone or on the iTunes list. Um, I am a huge fan of the cranberries. So I, well, I should say I'm a fan <laughs> of the cranberries. I, I think they, they have some great songs. Um, one of the great vocalists of all time, in my opinion. Kiss and me. Okay. Keep going. That's not the cranberries. It's not. Um, no. Feels very um, cranberry-ish. Nice job. Uh, no, it's not. Jesus. No, it, it, you know, the, uh, but Zombie is a great song, in my opinion. And somebody, I, I can't remember who it was. might have been my buddy uh, Tyler Zupin I, Zupin, I think it was, who put it on my feed. I mean, just from retweeting it himself. And it was like, yeah, hey, this song's actually really good. And it was Miley Cyrus doing a cover. And, and I clicked on it out of curiosity because I was like, this is going to be atrocious. It she says- actually did a great job. It says here, kiss me the cranberries. Kiss me is very much the cranberries, Rotoram. I do not think I could swear that it's not, but I, I will eat my words, Carm. It, it's, I'll it's, trust you. I'm not it, looking at I'm I looked it up. Kiss me the cranberries. I'm still listening to you and your zombie stuff, but I, I was like, Am I wrong about kiss me? Feels very much the cranberries here. I gotta stick to my cranberries guns and not get okay, no, no, shouted down by Rotoram. Okay, okay. So actually, hold on. You're right, but you're also wrong. Because I, I just looked it up. So the song that you were singing, okay, is sung by Sixpence None the Richer, which is called Kiss Me Under the Milky Twilight. That's what you were singing. Now, there is a song called Kiss Me by the Cranberries, but you were singing the wrong song with that You think title. I was singing the wrong song? Yes. You were, singing, you were singing the Sixpence None the Richer song. Anyway, look. The point of all this is, as people are just now swerving into bridge abutments listening to this conversation, <laughs> I I listened to the Miley Cyrus cover. I've done it against Miley Cyrus. I've never really ever listened to her at all um, and did not expect her to make a cover of that song based off of her, her you know, more popular music. And she was great. I really enjoyed it. It was really good. She did a great job. Had a lot of soul in it. It was, it was awesome. And that's a tough song to cover. So I was... Uh, I was impressed. And I guess it says a lot about my life that that's what's going on on a Tuesday, but that is absolutely what's going on on a Tuesday. I think that's great, Matt Verderham. And for me, let's see if I could put it into musical terms. I've been singing in the shower more lately. That's there's that. Um, that's great. Yeah. I, my, my wife does finds it to be, did she just slip the papers underneath the door at this point? Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, can you be quiet? Seriously, I'm still sleeping. Why are you singing in the shower? Well, I'm trying to get my day going. I got, I got, I got, I, I got to get, got to get the energy in here, or even late at night. You know, why I'm sleeping? Well, I just had a huge, you know, great workout. I'm feeling good here. It's I got to, you know, I'm going to calm myself down with a little lullaby to myself in the shower. So there's that. Uh, I, what else? I, I had a, I had an exchange with your guy Tom Thibodeau. Verderam, oh, so oh, God Almighty, you're 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 in great hands. The Knicks are going to do it. Just know that. No, they're not. They're yes, yeah, they are. That, it's not a slam on Tom Thibodeau. It's a slam on everything that is the Knicks. In three years, Tibbs is going to have it rolling. Just know you're in good hands over there. Do so, you? In all seriousness, do you like Tom Thibodeau? I love I love Tibbs. Huge Tibbs fan. Okay. Uh, some people really can't stand him. I know, I know. But, but he's very polarizing. Like, you either love him or you can't stand him. Yeah, I, I don't get the dislike of Tibbs. I, I, I think, you know, you can make arguments that he's, you know, my way or the highway and that type of stuff. I don't think it's true. Um, and you can also make the arguments that he runs guys in the ground. There, There is 
some level of argument that can be made for that. But hey, listen, uh, you're paid to play, baby. I'll, I'll wrap up my segment or my portion of the podcast with this. I'll say one thing that I do like about Thibodeau, among a few, but one thing more than others. He's going to New York, and he's a very New York kind of guy. He is. They will play defense. He is in your face, and New York will respond to that. New York, New York doesn't want Jeff Hornacek on the sideline. Okay, you can't. New York wants a guy on the sideline who's going to be sweating through his shirt about midway through the second quarter, just screaming at somebody as they're taking one hard foul after the next in the paint. Like I grew up with big boy basketball. When there was Anthony Mason and Charles Oakley basically just assaulting people on on one possession after the next in the paint, um, you know you're you're a bad MF type of team when Anthony Mason might not be the craziest guy in the team. Like that, the Knicks need to get back to that kind of basketball. Let's get back to some bully ball. Let let let's let's forget about how the game is being played right now. Let's just I do what care. we let's do Knicks basketball, baby which is kind of crazy because it, before that it was Patino in the press. And then you had the sweet seventies Knicks who just had a wonderful team basketball, won a couple of championships pre me and you yes. want to make sure that we understand that I was not there for that, but I, but I am aware of the red Holtzman Knicks. All right. Thank you for listening to stack in the box, everybody. We appreciate it. Leaving a uh, comment on the old stack in the box is greatly, greatly appreciated. Week seven is here. Enjoy it. And we'll talk to you Sunday night. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.